Rua here. Today we're really excited to have a very special guest, Wendy Kaufman, who is an extraordinary friend and also a 20-year veteran in the communications field who heads PR at Brown & Cohen Communications and Public Affairs. She's the vice president for reputation management, and she's the founder of the firm's FemWorks group practice. That's right. Her work extends to private, public, and non-for-profit sectors across the country, and she has supported innovative startups and going all the way to global brands. What unites her work of these organizations is their need to successfully establish themselves as thought leaders, strong storytellers, whether it's to increase sales, raise funds, engagement, or impact policy. So, Wendy, welcome. How are Thank you? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're trying to uh, bring to our audience different topics, and, and yours is, some, is one that particularly interests me because it's such an unknown and misunderstood, and yet people think that because we can read or, or speak, we can communicate, and no, there's a massive science and dark and obscure science behind it that only you guys <laughs> understand, because when things go wrong, that's when people call you like, oh, I think I made a mistake. So when you tell me, what has been the role of professionals during the pandemic? So it's interesting. I think for me, we've, or at least I've already experienced three different roles um, and I actually see a fourth coming. So at first we were really all hands on tech. Everybody trying to, to pivot a word. If I never hear this word again, in my life, pivot, <laughs> I will be very happy <laughs> um, for, but really that's what we were trying to do. Make sure that businesses stayed open, make sure that we didn't lose any uh, client share or customer share for clients, making sure that we were uh, getting out word that it's, it's still, we're still operating, we're just operating differently. Um, so that's kind of what the first wave was. And then kind of things settled, everybody got used to their new normal at least. Um, and then we started really worrying about our not-for-profit clients because as belts started tightening for the corporate sector, all of a sudden those donations that a lot of these organizations were counting on um, was something that became more and more concerning. And at the same time, a lot of the issues that they had been dealing with, these, these cracks in society, whether it was um, affordable housing or food security or, um, you know, the gender, the various different gendered impacts of, of COVID, these were all you know, they were all cracks in society that were now like busting open because um, COVID was compounding everything. Uh, if you just look at, um, uh, at, at, at women, women have been set back about 30 years um, since COVID started in terms of the progress that they made um, according to a lot of research. So there's a lot of issues that needed um, awareness and to stay in the forefront. And we focused a lot on that. Then came what I call the third kind of section, which was, I think all the business development we had done at the beginning, not knowing when it was gonna come in. And it was focusing on um, all the planning, all the crisis communication planning around COVID. So um, back to school protocols, there's a, uh, an article I wrote, it's actually on, on LinkedIn about don't think your back to school protocol is the same thing as a crisis plan. So what are your crisis planning for your organization um, around COVID. So, uh, so we started working with a lot of schools as an example um, on helping them. 
uh, a lot of businesses started calling saying, we've had outbreaks. How do we make sure that these outbreaks in our organization doesn't impact our reputation long-term? And unfortunately also dealing with some fallout and having to, to shrink some establishment. So how do you, how do you shrink your footprint without signaling to people that you're in trouble? So um, just making sure that you're making good sustainable decisions. So that's kind of been there. That's a big mouthful for three phases, um, you know, on, on that. And, and, and I think really that fourth brand is rebuild and that's where we're coming to. And I think if organizations don't stay top of mind, if they don't remember to do the PR now, that people will soon start to travel. They will start to go out. They will start to buy again. They will start to need more services. If you're out of sight, you're out of mind and, and you can't forget that in time. So I think that's where we're, our next shift is. So I think it, it kind of goes back to something that we keep telling our, our clients is take a holistic approach. Look at things long-term. Don't, don't operate during good or bad time on what's the next thing or what, what, how can I fix this one or have a quick win here. Think that there's, there's something to be said about people who have taken the holistic approach and collected their team, be it crisis communications, communications, PR, uh, investments, uh, insurance, uh, lawyers, accountants, everybody coming to the table. And know that, yes, times are tougher, but if you have your team and you, you can trust them and you know that this too shall pass, if you keep working, if you persist on your vision and you have the right people around you with, with, without having to react like in a panic, when this is gone, you'll be ahead of the curve. You'll be ahead of all those who historically have been taking shortcuts. What's the cheapest? What's the fastest? What's the, and you will stand out in the crowd because you are calm and people will navigate to people who show that they've got it. Right. And, and I think right. that goes to every line of business. Would you agree? I, I would agree, but I, it really takes that set of professionals to say when somebody's drinking out of the fire hose to say, it's actually going to be okay. I think it sometimes it's, it's hard to see beyond that. And that's why you do rely on your, you rely on your team and whether your team is your, your crisis communication specialist, if it's your lawyer, if it's your accountant, financial advisor, you know, that those are your, your people that say, you know, we, we've been there before, we've seen this before in this form or another. Um, and these are the steps you have to take, you know, for now. And they could be somewhat altered, but nonetheless, somebody who can step back and see the whole picture for you. Absolutely. And what would you say are the most common mistakes companies make when it comes to crisis communication? Uh, that's a very good question. Um, I think that um, there's there's four main there's four main uh, you know mistakes. I mean, there's probably more, but like four four really come to to mind. So first one is just not being honest. Um, if you made a mistake, be honest. Because if you are not, or if you try to be kind of partially honest, what's going to happen is you're going to, people will find out. And when people do find out, you have lost credibility um, and, 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 and you lost all control over the story. So that's the first one is just be honest. Um, the second one is get all the bad news out at once. It is better to have a bad day or a bad week than it is a bad month or a bad year. 
Um, so just if you have bad news, say it all. Don't just give a little bit and hope that the rest doesn't to light. Um, rip the bandaid off, if you if you will. Um, the third one is um, who you choose as a spokesperson. So you really want to choose the spokesperson who is the highest level in your company as possible. So if you are choosing um, your PR specialist to be your, your voice, then you are telling people that you're hiding something, unfortunately, right? That's the message that you're sending. If you're using somebody who's more junior, um, then, and then you are sending the message that you don't think this is important enough for the most senior person at a company. Um, and now there's probably many reasons that a very senior person may not want to do uh, to, to handle it. It's very tough. Their attention is on other things. They might not have the personality for it. But unfortunately, if this is a serious problem, you have to have your most serious people right out in front. Um, and I would say the, 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 the fourth thing is really not forgetting your people. That, that's, the other, that's the other piece. When there's a crisis, everybody's looking outside. But... And, and we're all seeing how do we kind of like stem this leak. But I think you have to first start inside and not forget your own people. That's the most important thing first. Do your people feel safe? Do they feel secure? Are they ready to help you? And, and, and they will help you. When they, when they feel safe and they feel supported, they will be there to help you. They are your foot soldiers. Treat them all first and go out as a team to, to solve this problem together. That's, that's, that's I think that's, golden and i i wish uh everybody used that but you know that's what keeps you in business um <laughs> so let's let's move a little bit away from COVID. although i see it as a bit of a side product of COVID, the country is awakening to social tension racial disparity awareness uh women as you said earlier have been set back many, many, many years. How should a spokesperson address these issues? Because hiding is not the way. Correct. Correct. You know, I've, I've um, been doing a lot of thinking about this over, over the pandemic. Um, there is this, this, this social awakening long, long overdue. Um, and I think the role of the corporate spokesperson just got a lot harder. I do. I think they just got a lot, a lot harder. Um, they need to ensure that they will not become the, the, uh, the story themselves, right? So you have to make sure that your reaction isn't, or, or your poor reaction doesn't become the story. Um, and, and how do you kind of how do you do this right because as spokesperson is just a it's just a person like any anyone else and we all see the world through our own viewpoints right we all see the world through our viewpoints through our lived experience but the problem is um that's our normal and that's how we judge normal but when something is different than our normal is it unnormal or is it worse wrong and what happens? So you have to, like, we all need to look at things and say, ah, I'm judging this different. And maybe I can't see it because I'm not the same gender. I am somebody with food security. I am not a person um, of color. I am not a person with a, dis with a disability. I am not, insert anything that I have not lived. 
And I can't assume that something is not normal. It is just not something that I have yet experienced. And I have to make sure that I have that growth mindset in my, in my reaction. So I don't create a problem um, in, in my response. So that's, um, that's very, uh, I think a big, big area um, there. And there's many, many reasons for unconscious bias and there's many types of unconscious bias. But I think the role of a spokesperson is to start looking inward, making sure we check our own unconscious bias, and we have to also do the same for our firms. I think there's, there's points here on this one, which is um, we need to focus on um, intent. We cannot, sorry, we can no longer focus on intent. We have to focus on outcome. So at some point in this spokesperson's life, you know, we are going to have to learn to apologize, either for our own actions or for the actions of our organization. And it can't be one of those what I call like old-fashioned apology is, you know, what was me? I am so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. No better. Um, that's that's about intent, but it it doesn't wash anymore. We have to focus on outcome. So apologies needs to start with understanding how you made somebody else feel with your remarks, and apologize that way. Ideally, with a path for improvement. And, and even check-in points to, to see how you're going. So that's how it um, needs to go. A, a, a real apology is a commitment to learning to do better. And I think that, and that's all anybody really can ever ask for. It's a journey. Um, one tip um, I, I like to give is when you're writing an apology, don't use the word if or but. Um, so that's something that, uh, you know, that, that people can take away is don't, don't use if or but, um, and then that will make sure that you're not making excuses for your behavior or for what you said. I, I think it's so interesting <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's, and the other thing I, I, I would add, if I, if I may, is come yeah. up with a plan to address that okay. and ideally co-create the solution with the people that clearly understand on the other side what was wrong, what went wrong, what went down the wrong way, because they live that reality. They are the people that you offended, intentionally, unintentionally, whatever, and help include them in helping you fix it. Yeah. But also respect if they, and, and this could be kind of hard, but if they don't want to be part of the solution, because it, this is their lived experience every single day. Maybe they'll want to be the, you know, the person who has to always fix something. So, you know, eventually, if you can build trust, your way is absolutely the ideal way of, of doing it. But it may take a little bit of time for that person to warm up and trust you and want to help you. Um, but it, it's funny, they, um, there's a lot of... Um, uh, there, there's a lot of courses you can take on this and, and books that you can read, but it's, you know, uh, diversity is what we are. It's just the facts, right? In inclusion is how we um, in include that diversity. And that's a journey, you know, that we take and belonging is really where the rubber hits the road. And do we make everybody feel that they belong in our corporations, in our world, in our community. Um, and that's what we all need to strive for because belonging doesn't need to be a journey. You know, let's, we can, we could say right now, everybody belongs. 
um, that inclusion piece is going to take time and it takes practice um, and, and we're going to make mistakes and, that, and that's okay so long as you have that mindset um, and, that, and that commitment. So openness, tolerance, that, that brings me to the next question because I think we're talking about values and mm -hmm. not everybody has spent time doing a little bit of full searching individually or as a corporation what are your values and how do you live them and how do you express them? So what, what tips would you give to companies looking to articulate their values and what's, what's important for, for businesses to succeed at doing this? So now you've come to like my personal favorite topic in the world <laughs> with only one last question. That uh, like this is truly my passion area, and this is where the future I believe is of, of communication. Um, you know, a communicator today needs to play double duty. They need to make sure that their uh, that their businesses, their their clients, or their businesses, whatever it is, is sees is seen as, um, as best in class. Right? I have the best service. I have the best product. Uh, yeah, that's that's your job as a communicator. But you also now have the job to communicate meaning behind like post-profit. So if we look at it, uh, if we separate those two points, if we are only going to focus on corporate messaging on uh, you know, product, services, results, there's a finite runway. At some point, somebody's product is going to come and work faster or better or be in nicer color or it won't be needed, um, right? Or it will be replaced. At some point, you have that finite runway. But conversely, if you look at, um, the, at promoting um, purpose, all of a sudden, your messages are everlasting. All of a sudden, um, they could change you know, with you as an organization, they're new, um, they grow with you, they're elastic, and they respond to the needs. And then that is a much stronger um, and, and, and lasting story for the company. And, and I love that. I, I, I know that in, in my industry, I mean, financial services, yeah. insurance, particularly, and, uh, and investments, a lot of people join it because it can be very profitable. But I, I find that if profit is what leads your practice, you're going to be in this sector very, very, very little, or you're very replaceable. I think the bonds we've been able to, to build with our clients and, and the stories we're able to extract out of, you know, what's really, truly important to them is so much more valuable and helpful to them because not everybody spends time understanding what's important to them from, from what money can do for them. Be rich, be, you know, normal, be middle-class, be, you know, making ends meet. And, and our thing is let's try to get you a financial plan. It doesn't have to have 75 pages of incomprehensible models because that's of zero help to you. Let's mm -hmm. figure out where you are, how you do it. Let's make sure that all the players know what's going on. And then let's set goals and get there, right? And it takes time. You didn't get to this messy situation in three days. It's not going to be solved in three days. So it takes work on both sides, of course, but it's so much more rewarding when you live your values. And, and that's the message. 
what we try to convey to clients and to competitors too, right? It's, it's guys, there's there's plenty to go around. It's are you helping your clients or are you just adding noise to their financial life? So how, uh, well, you know what, easier will be once we post this video, um, we'll put your contact information and how people can get in touch with you. Is, is that something um, we could do? Yes, we can do that. Absolutely. That was a dumb question. Absolutely. Uh, a, a good tip on that one, by the way, whether it's financial or is focusing on um, focusing on on the why as much as the what. So whether it's financial, uh, you know, planning or public relations, you know, focus on why you're doing it, not what it is that you're doing or, or what the product is, but the why. Wendy, you just well, you you've been giving us so many tips and, and really powerful information that I hope people can act on, on whether it be personal or through their. Uh, work life but you've mentioned something that is of special interest to to us women and COVID and the setback mm -hmm. what in Wendy Styles three tips what tips can you give to the workforce it's not just to women to the workforce to to people who are listening on how to fix the setback Well, if I only had the answers and three steps of how to fix a step back against, you know, 50% uh, of the population, then, um, then I'd be on to something. But, um, you know, as a quick answer, um, I, I think that there, we need to start protecting, first of all, you can't have any advancements if women don't feel protected. I think if we look at the uh, statistics of violence against women, um, since COVID started, and any time there is stress, that goes up. Uh, so we need to first protect uh, women and make sure that they're protected and safe. So that's number one. Um, I think we have to look at the setbacks that this pandemic has brought forth. We, if depending on what you read, um, it's about 30 years of advancements has now been clawed back um, as a result of this pandemic um, in terms of pulling out of the workforce uh, for women and many other reasons. So that's definitely um, a problem. And I think for those who have not pulled out of the workforce, I think what remains and what continues is this um, gap in, in leadership and having women in leadership roles right at the top. And that is something that there is a lot of work now that is being done about this. And we are now talking about this, but uh, there is ways away. And I think we have to really be looking at that, at that power gap. So wonderful. Be my high level. Well, that that's gold. So thank you so much, Wendy. We hope to continue this conversation. It's always fun and interesting, and seeing your perspective is always enriching. So we will put your contact details in our before we well when we post the video. But uh, let's keep the conversation going and um, let's stay in touch. Thank you. Fantastic. Take care.